We're on our second week of this series we've called Seeds, and we're talking about how every big thing <clears throat> starts small. Every big thing starts small. It doesn't matter what you're talking about in life, what you're talking about in the world. Uh, if it's big, it, it had a beginning, and its beginning was small. And that's just, that's just the way that life works. It's the way that God created life to work. And, and every small thing can eventually become a big thing. In fact, our text for this has been Mark chapter number four. And if you're a note taker, there's an opportunity in your service guides to take some notes. And I would encourage you to do that. It helps us to retain things. It helps us to go back and look at it again if we, if we forget something or just kind of refresh ourselves. So that's why we make it available to you. But Mark chapter 4, verse number 30 and through 32 says this. Jesus said, how can I describe the kingdom of God? Now he's talking about a big thing. There's nothing bigger than the kingdom of God. So he said, how can I describe this great big thing? And he says, in fact, what illustration, what story can I tell? Stories are powerful. It's why Jesus taught in parables or stories often. It's why I tell a lot of stories. I, I like telling stories. I'm a storyteller by nature. And, and the fact of the matter is that, that sometimes you have no idea what I said in the sermon. You just say it's in that sermon where you told this story. And so that's why we tell stories. And so he, say, he says, I, I, what story can I use to illustrate it? And then he says, I'll tell you what, it's like a mustard seed. It's like a mustard seed when planted in the ground. It's the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of all garden plants. And it grows long branches and birds can make nests in its shade. So Jesus is very intentionally using something that starts very small. And last week I showed you a mustard seed. It's tiny. It's hard for me to even show it to you. And then I showed you a picture of a mustard tree on the, on the screen and it's really big and gazelle were grazing around it and standing underneath it and such things. And, and it's, it's something very small turned into something very large. But, but something else was unique about this mustard tree. It says here in the scripture that this mustard tree was a blessing to the world around it. That the birds could nest in its shade and people could come under it and, and it grew long branches and it benefited the world around it. I will tell you that whatever God is planting, if God is planting it, it's there to be a benefit to the world around it. Sometimes people struggle with churches and, and whether or not a church should be this size or that size, a small church, a big church, and so on and so forth. And, and I will tell you that there, there's, no, there's no guide as to how big or how small a, a, a church should be. I will tell you what our, our particular philosophy is here at McCord Road Christian Church. We're not trying to have a particular size church. We're trying to have a healthy church. And healthy things grow. But healthy things also benefit the world around it. That's why yesterday we had a whole group of people that were trying to benefit the community by joining together with a couple of other churches. And, and they put together uh, hundreds of, of packets. In fact, for, for teachers, they, they were called survival packs. Um, <laughs> to help teachers go back to school and survive the first couple of days. And and, and we're helping with students going back to school with this, with this blessing. We, we've got people in Siberia right now blessing others. We, we are able as a, as a church. I think Pastor JP talked about the group that was outside last week that was cheering on the runners. In fact, we are known in this community as a church that benefits our community. And that's what healthy things that God plants do. They benefit the community around them. And so we want to be a church 
that just continuously blesses the community that God has placed us in. Amen? And so as, as, we, are, as we are growing and developing, we're increasing our ability to benefit the world around us. And that brings us to our big idea. If you're a note taker, it's there for you. It'll be your first blank. It says this, you were made to produce a harvest. You were made to produce a harvest. Everything God plants is producing something. It's growing something. It's, it's making something that, that others can use. It's, it's, it's benefiting the world. And you are here for purpose. If God was done with you, he would just take you to heaven. And if salvation was your only, your only goal, I just, I just want to be saved. I've heard that most of my ministry. Pastor, I just want to be saved. Well, that's good. And I want you to be saved. And more than that, God wants you to be saved. But it's not just salvation as the ultimate goal. Because if it was, as soon as we were saved, he'd take us home. We had nothing else to do. We, we, he would become our Lord and Savior and instantly we would disappear from this earth and we would go on to heaven because our job would be done. There are some days I wish that's how it worked. But it's not. And so here we are still here because I see you and you see me. And so we're still here and, and that means that we have something to produce from our lives and everyone, everyone, say everyone, it's not just special people. Every single person is given something to accomplish at the, and the ability to accomplish that goal. In fact, Romans, we're going to use a little snippet of scripture here, Romans chapter 12, verse 3. It says this, as God has allotted to each. That word each means every single believer that's ever been and ever will be. It's in an all-encompassing each to each one. And, and he doesn't give like a lump sum to McCord and we give it out to whomever Everyone who makes Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior receives a measure of faith. He's planted that inside of your life. He's placed that in you. And so we operate within the giftings that God has given us. My gifting is not to be an NBA superstar. I can't grab the rim. I can't dunk. I'm not fast enough. And so I, that's not my gifting. So if I go try to do that, I'm going to fail every time. I'm going to be disappointed every time. But if I will operate within my giftings, which is what I'm trying to do right now, then God will bless that. And he will, he will anoint that. And it will produce a harvest. I, I was uh, talking to somebody the other day, and, and we were just talking about the trajectory of life. And, and, and it was just interesting to go back and look. And, and every church that I've had the privilege of pastoring, every single one of them have grown. And I will promise you, it's not because I'm all that and a bag of chips. My sons can tell you all the reasons I'm not all that. But the fact of the matter is, I'm operating within my gifts. And because of that, God produces a harvest. It's the same exact thing in your life, and that brings us to thought number one. Something is going to grow in your life. Something's going to grow. On purpose or not, something is going to grow. Now, lots of seeds may get into your life, but not every small thing needs to grow large. In fact, let me introduce you to a plant called the giant hogweed. That's what it looks like. 
It's actually quite pretty. But the reason why that particular fellow right there is in that kind of gear to, to you know, do what he's doing, he's actually trying to cut it down, is because the hogweed will grow to 15, 14, 12 to 14 feet high. It'll stretch five to six feet wide, and it has beautiful flowers and beautiful leaves. But if you touch it, the sap will cause third-degree burns on your body. And I looked at pictures. I'm not going to show them to you. But I looked at pictures where people were showing, taking photos of their legs where six years later they still had large scars on their legs from where they brushed up against hogweed. It's a nasty plant. They say if you mow it, you should mow it really short for about three years. But if you get the sap in your eye, it'll cause permanent blindness. I'm thinking no on the mow. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> All week long, I've been out there with a magnifying glass in our yard going like this, trying to find out, do we have some of that hogweed in this, in this yard? And if we do, and it's really hard to get rid of because once you have it, not only do you have to don protective gear not to get burned and blinded, but you, you, it also gets a deep root system, and so it's hard to take out. So usually it takes chemicals, and it takes you know, just manual labor trying to get it out of there while you're in a, you know, a space suit. It's tough. And so it grows. Congratulations in Ohio and Michigan as well as states in the Northeast and has recently been found as far south as West Virginia. And so this is something to look out for. But as I was studying this weed, I read the, uh, the website of the New York State Department of Environmental Conservation. And this is what they have to say about it. They've got a, a lot of information on it. They said the best way to avoid hogweed in your yard or in your vicinity is through intentional planting intentional planting because if the area is cultivated the hogweed really struggles to get established it's in uncultivated areas it's in air it's in bare spots in life that the hogweed grows up something's going to grow in your life something's going to sprout up and you have the opportunity to be intentional about the crop that your life produces. I have the ability to be intentional about the, the crop that my life produces. So, so we have to do it on purpose. And what New York State is telling us is that good seed has the opportunity to crowd out the, the, the ability for the bad seed to take root. And God has placed good seed in every one of you. He's placed good seed in every one of us. In fact, Galatians tells us this in Galatians 5. He says, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. I mean, this is what the Holy Spirit produces. It, it automatically grows when the Holy Spirit is in our world. It, it grows love. I, I like love. Love's good. I like joy. I really like joy. I like to be happy. Peace. Peace is peaceful. I don't know anybody that says, nah, I don't really like peace. Uh, patience? Uh. But he says I automatically have it. Uh, uh, kindness? I like kind people. I try to be kind, a kind person. Goodness? Well, goodness is good. Faithfulness? Gentleness and self-control? 
He says all of these things are the natural outcroppings, the natural production of a life that has the Holy Spirit in it. So when you receive Christ, you receive the seeds for this fruit. It's just planted in your life. Jesus is in you, and therefore these things, these, these fruit, the, the potential for this fruit is within your life. So you might be sitting here saying, well, listen, I'm saved. I know Jesus. I love Jesus. I try to be a good person, but I'm still dealing with all kinds of other issues. For instance, I, I've got fear in my life right now. I'm just dealing with stuff, and so anxiety is kind of rising up within me. And if what you're saying is true, you know, I've suffered some pain and some some hurt. And so, you know, I've got some bitterness that's that's there and and, and, and I'm kind of dealing with that. And and maybe maybe you're in a situation where you're saying I'm just I'm dealing with some depression in my life. And, and, and here I am trying to, trying to be positive and you're saying I'm supposed to have joy, but yet I'm dealing with depression. And so what's up with that? Why is that the reality that I'm living with? Well, here's what I would say. God supplies the seeds and life provides the weeds. Sometimes life just pours the weeds on. In fact, I do not. In fact, okay, the the Lord understands my heart. I hate crabgrass. Hate it. And I put down pre emergent stuff. And then I put down, I sprayed the yard with the no crabgrass stuff. It says it on the label, there will be no crabgrass in your yard if you use this product. It said it right there. And I used it. And, and I mow my grass and I spray the spot crabgrass sprayer on it. And yet I can tell you that right now my yard has crabgrass in it. I know. <laughs> Thank you for feeling my pain. Somebody understands. And it's not just crabgrass. What about the, 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 the dandelion seeds that float through the air and they land gently upon the ground and I'm standing there going no (laughs) weeds life provides the weeds but God provides the seeds in fact Jesus told a story he told a story of people that were planting wheat and at the end of the day they went home they went to bed but their enemies came in and and the Bible says they sowed tares That means they threw seeds for tares on the ground. Now, tares are a type of weed. In fact, they're an invasive kind of weed, and they'll take over the ground around them. The problem is tares look a whole lot like wheat when it's small. And so here they are. The enemy is throwing tares onto the ground in order to restrict the harvest of their enemy. And so here you are in your life and you're going through life. You're trying to do what's good. You're trying to do what's right. You've sown wheat into your life and, 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 and now you took a break for a minute. And, the, and life seems to just be sowing some tears out there. Something hurt you and so that seed of bitterness is, is thrown onto the ground of your life. Or maybe a loss occurs and so fear is planted deep within your life. Maybe you hang out with some people and they're just negative and so, because they're negative, 
negativity starts being planted in your life. And so here you are. You're starting to, to speak negative and, and think negative. And it's just, it's, it's tears being brought into your world. But, but the problem, like with the tares and the wheat, sometimes, sometimes the weeds make sense. They look good at first because, because everybody understands that it's okay to be angry sometimes. It's justifiable, in fact. Somebody does something to you and somebody does something against you, it's, it's justifiable to be angry. And bitterness, bitterness actually tastes good for a little while. Should, should you deal with that? No, I don't want to deal with that. I'm just going to stand here and be bitter because I like it. It tastes good for a little while. And, and fear, fear's understandable. I mean, who's not afraid of something? Everybody's afraid of something. Sometimes even fear is good. Fear of heights keeps you from jumping off things that are too high for you to survive. It, I mean, there, there is a, a natural good fear, so, and, and, and lust? Well, well lust, that, well, that's just how God made me. I mean, I, it, seem, it seems understandable. And it's not always about someone that we lust after. I know guys who lust after Lamborghinis. <laughs> Somebody understands. You just, just look at that thing and suddenly the desire to have that consumes you. I know that feeling when I was driving in a, uh, we were driving a Chevy Cavalier that's like from 80 something. And this was like 2000 something. And, uh, and, you know, to get it started, we put our feet through the holes in the floor and just kind of ran real fast. And, and, and I would watch people drive up beside me in brand spanking, shiny new, you know, Porsche or Lexus. I, I personally enjoy Porsche uh, vehicles. And, and they'd sit there. And, and, of course, I'm over there going, and they're over there going, and I just want to say, shut up. But I didn't because Christ was in my heart. But lust was there as well. Sometimes it seems understandable. And so the idea is, how, how do you deal with that? What, what do you do with that? And, and that leads us to thought number two. If you're not in, intentional about it, the good seed will be drowned by the bad. But here's the thing, we increase what we release. And that's thought number two, we increase what we release. If we allow it, the bad seed will crowd out the good seed. But we can intentionally cause the good seed to crowd out the bad seed and not let hogweed become established in our lives. So what's growing in your life? What, what do you see when you look around, and are you happy with what you see? Or, and, and you might say, well, it's not my fault. Well, it's somewhat your fault. We all have a responsibility. There are some things that we can't be responsible for, some things that we grew up in, or some things that we just inherited, and, and things of that nature, but we can be intentional about not allowing those seeds to become the dominant seed of our lives. We can choose to make the seeds of Christ become the dominant seeds of our lives. In fact, 2 Corinthians chapters 8 and 9 talk about uh, Paul's really writing, and he's using this, this illustration of seeds. And throughout these two chapters, he's talking about an offering that he's going to receive. And we're not receiving an offering here today, but the, the principle remains the same. He says, listen, uh, the, the reality is I'm coming and I have a great need and I'm expecting to receive a great offering. Aren't y'all happy I'm not Paul? And he says, here's the thing. I need you to do this. 
But there's a benefit to you. And he starts teaching in chapter 9 about how when we give, God will, will sow back into our lives. And, and we give and, and, and generosity reaps a great harvest. But as he's talking about it, he writes in 2 Corinthians 9.10, and this is where we're going to focus right now. He says, now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. And so in this, he has two, two parties. Come on up here. Uh, two people. And, and, and Christy, because you're awesome, you're going to be God. Okay? You're the sower. And Talon, you're going to be over here. Uh, the, the, you're the supplier. And Talon's the sower. And so he says, here's, here's what happens. That, that there is a supplier. And the supplier has the seed. Now we're going to pretend that this says wheat seed. Because grass seed's the only thing that Meyer sells at 5.30 in the morning. And, and so we're going to pretend that it says wheat seed. And so the supplier is giving the seed to the sower. So there's an action involved from the supplier to the sower. She's supplying, God's supplying, and the sower is sowing. Both action items. Nobody's standing still saying, hmm, 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 sure wish we knew what to do with the situation. Supplier supplying, sower is sowing. Now he says there's two items. One is seed and the other is bread. Now, now the seed is full of potential. If I was to just pick up this seed right here and throw it upon the ground, it would grow what it's intended to grow. If I take this bread and throw it upon the ground, it will just mold. There'll be nothing that comes from the bread. So the seed is all about the potential in your life, and the bread is for the daily sustenance of your life. In fact, we just prayed, give us this day our daily bread. And so this is sustenance, and if I opened this up and ate it, it would be delicious. And so God gives both, the seed and the bread. And then he says that he's going to supply it, he's going to multiply it, and then he's going to increase it. So he supplies it, and that's to, so our, our uh, vacuuming bill won't be too high. There you go. Supplies it. And so the, the supplier gives the seed to the sower, and now... He sows into the ground. Hold on, I'm going to be the ground. I'm just dirt. And now as the seed is being sown, the supplier is able to increase it. Hold on just a minute. So three actions, supply, multiply, and increase, but still one focus. I want you to notice that the sower and the supplier, they're defined by their relationship to the seed. Supplier of seed, sower of seed. Notice that God is supplying, multiplying, and increasing as relates to the seed. The seed that, they is, that the sower is receiving and the seed that the sower is sowing. And he says the action of supply and multiply are qualified by a phrase. He says, the seed you have sown. So he's not talking about the seed that is being held because while the seed is being held, there's, there's no more supply needed. 
But he says, I will increase the seed, multiply the seed that you have sown. And now the seed can be refilled. So now there, there is this, there's this consistent movement of seed. And every, at every stage, there's increase and there's multiplication and there's blessing. And ultimately, he says, then I, I, will, I will even, the fruit of the harvest, the bread that comes from it all, I'll increase that as well. There won't be one bread from it, bread loaf. There'll be two bread loaves from it. So at every, in every situation, you have increase, you have multiplication, but it all has to do pivot point of the sower. As the sower sows out, that's the only way the supplier can pour in, and it's the only way that the increase, the multiplication, that's the only way it can happen. Thank you very much. So he says, as you do this, I will continue to bless it. Now, he's talking specifically about generosity and financial blessing and finances, but I think it goes to the point that we're making today. When we sow the seeds from our life, God pours it in. Here, here's, here's an opportunity, uh, uh, an example rather. A kind word is sown. I, I, maybe I'm having a bad day, but I look at somebody and I say, hey, man, you just, you, you killed it today. That was awesome. Somehow killing it is now awesome, so I'm learning. That, that's great. I mean, you did a great job today. Thank you so much. Now, what I just did is I just said that word. But how many of us have had that moment when we gave someone a compliment and four or five days later they came back to you and said, hey, thank you for that compliment. That just really helped me. And you're sitting there going, oh, wait, what, what compliment? What did I say? What did I say? You can't even remember what you said because it was just a kind word sown in that moment. But to them... As it flew through the air, God multiplied it. And suddenly it affected their life more than you ever thought it would. And then as they sat with it over the course of a couple of days, it, it became bread to their soul. In fact, it, it multiplied. And for weeks, they've been eating on it and, and ruminating on it. And it has blessed them over and over and over again. And it was just a kind word that you sowed. And when you sowed it, God dropped more seeds of kindness into your life. Releasing specific seed from your life increases that specific seed within your life. Whatever the seed is that you need in your life, that's the seed that you should be sowing from your life. A kind word increases your ability. Maybe it's relationship in your world and you're saying, I just need relationships in my life. Well, then sow relationships from your life. There must be a sowing and a reaping. Those that sow generously, they know that when you sow, there's excitement that happens there. And, and here's the reality. It doesn't matter what it looks like in your life right now. Because of this principle of sowing and reaping, all you need is one seed to start the process. You just need one seed. One kind word can make the difference. Come here, baby doll. Everybody knows this. Stand right there. When the guy is standing on the side of the room 
and he looks across the crowd and he lays his eyes upon her. And he goes, whoa, man. It was a bad joke and y'all were slow, but we're together now. <laughs> he goes, whoa. And now he knows that he wants to talk to her. But before there can be a harvest of relationship, a seed must be sown. Something's got to be done to get her to notice him. Where's Mr. Rich and Miss Carol today? Mr. Mitch, Mr. Mitch and Miss Carol. I saw them sitting out in the foyer earlier. I don't see them in here right now. They've been married for 50 years this past week. Somebody sowed a seed somewhere. And so he looks at her and he knows I've got to, oh, something's got to happen here because I want a, I want a harvest. And so he walks over to her and he goes, hey, baby. <laughs> and that never works. If that's your line, it's bad. Just don't use it. But he looks at her. If you're, if you're single and you need a good line, here, here's, here's a good one. Hi, my name is, say your name, not Micah, okay? <laughs> Hi, my name is Micah. I noticed you. And I think you're beautiful. And I would love to get to know you better. I want to find out if you're as smart as you are beautiful. Can I take you out for coffee sometime? You're welcome. Look who I married. It works. He wants... Okay, thank you. Looking for a harvest... They know a seed has to be planted. So somebody's got to make the first move. And that's tough sometimes until you recognize thought number three. Seeds are the source of future harvest. Seeds are the source of future harvest. You can't get a future harvest if you don't plant the seeds. You can't get a future harvest of relationship if you don't have the first conversation. You can't have a future harvest of, of financial security if you don't sow financial seeds. But not just sow financial seeds and giving, but how about financial stewardship? Seeds of financial stewardship. You, you, can't, you can't have peace. In fact, the Bible says this, Proverbs 15.1, A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So check it out. He says, the wrath is coming at you. Wrath. Ah! And a soft answer turns it. Had a man come to me once, one time and he said, I, I, he was up in my face. He said, I just want to tell you, you have made me mad. And, and, and then, rah, rah. And he was, he was, and I said, I understand exactly what you're saying. If I were you, I'd be mad too. He went, what? I said, let's talk about it, man. It wasn't my intention to make you mad, but I understand why you are. What? 
I mean, we could have just fought, but I'd have been beat up, and <laughs> that'd have been sad and hurt. So let's just soft answer. Turn the wrath. But, it, but if, if, you, if you come back with a harsh word, it provokes and stirs up anger. So where are you trying to go in your life? Can I encourage you today to sow where you want to go? Put it out of your life if that's where you want to go. If you want kindness, be kind. But I don't, I don't feel like anybody's kind to me. Okay, be kind and I promise you there will be a harvest of kindness in your life. I just want some peace. Then start being peaceful towards others. Don't be mean. Don't be aggressive. Be peaceful. I just need some hope in my life. Then start speaking words of hope. If, if you listen to your words, if everything you're saying is negative and condemning and, and, and harsh, then, then that's what's coming back in your life. So change your vocabulary. Start talking to your spouse. Start talking to your friends. Start talking to your teachers. Start talking to those around you with a sense of peace and with a sense of hopefulness. Start declaring hopefulness in your life. It's not easy. I was in a time when, at, at a point where I was just, I was full of depression. It, just everything was, was hard. We, it wasn't that everything was bad. It was just that everything was hard. And, and I was saying, God, why? Why is it that we're trying to do good? We're trying to do your work. It, just nothing seems to work right. I was laying in my office on the floor just talking to the Lord. And, and, and it just kind of clicked in my heart and, and I realized that for days, maybe weeks, I had been praying, God, nothing's working right. I've been saying to Christy, nothing's working right. I've been talking to people and, you know, hey, how are you doing? I'm, I'm okay, but just nothing's working right. And I was reaping the harvest of the words that I was speaking. I was sowing nothing's working right. That is hogweed, y'all. So I decided, laying on that floor, I said, I'm not, I'm not going to say that anymore. I'm going to start saying, everything's coming together. What do you mean by that? I have no idea. <laughs> but everything's coming together. It's vague enough to where I didn't feel like I was lying, but it was positive enough to where I felt like I was declaring something good. How you doing? Everything's coming together. Everything's coming together. And do you know what ended up happening? Everything started coming together. God started doing amazing things. Things started working out that I never thought could work out. I mean, everything started coming together. So, so listen, you don't sow today and reap a harvest tomorrow. We see the corn and the beans right now in the fields, but they weren't, they weren't planted yesterday. So you got to sow it, and you got to sow it. And you got to sow it and you got to leave it and let it grow. Let it, let the rain, let the sun, let the, let God do what only he can do with it. And eventually you're going to start seeing the green sprouts come up. And before you know it, you're going to be picking the fruit of the tree that you planted. That the supplier poured into your life. And every time you sow it, he just pours more in. It may seem like in your life like nothing's working, and, and I can believe with you. I can believe with you. 
And I will believe with you. We're going to pray together right now. Just a few seconds. But I cannot sow for you. I can't sow for Christy. I can't sow for the boys. I can't, I can't sow for anybody but me. So in your world right now, I just ask you to close your eyes. And in your mind, just visualize the harvest of your life right now. Is it good? Is it bad? Is it healthy? What is it? Do you like it? The only way to change the harvest is to change the seed. And God's placed the seed in your life. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for your people right now. You know what you're doing in them. You know how you're doing it. So I'm asking you that you would give us the courage to sow, trusting the supplier, trusting you to pour back into our lives. I ask you, Savior, that you would allow us the strength, to see, to, the, the, the vision, to see the one seed that we have. Because all, all we need is one seed to start the cycle. And I pray that today we will see the opportunity to sow it into the world around us. And then give us the sensitivity to feel your Holy Spirit pouring additional seed into our lives. Oh, we give you thanks and praise for it right now, Jesus. And let everybody say amen.